Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? Episode number 62 of Timberwolves Explosion. We have finally, and I mean finally, returned to Timberwolves Explosion. We apologize for the delay the past uh, two months now. Uh, We have a return of Marcus, the forecaster, because, ladies and gentlemen, there is the standing ovation. It is preview time. It is season preview time. Per tradition, the third year in a row, Marcus the Forecaster joins for the Timberwolves season preview. This is the 2010 edition of that. First and foremost, Timberwolves Explosion is available on the sportstuff.com and on iTunes. We always appreciate each and every one of you for downloading and listening to this show. It means a lot and it is great to be back once again. Uh, our big time co-host has returned. That means it's time for some exciting Timberwolves conversation. Maybe. We are going to maybe that is the big question. Will it be exciting, or will it be a twenty-win season? That will be part of the discussion today. Of course, we're going to preview the team itself. We're going to go over a lot of the players, a lot of the play we know we saw during the preseason. Now, of course, you can't judge the whole year on the preseason, but at the same time, it's a good indicator, especially for a developing team. And when you see the same trends. We'll get into some of that. <clears throat> some of the same trends we saw last year that we don't like, but some stuff we really are excited about as well. Uh, of course, team predictions. We're going to predict the win totals and all that good stuff. We're going to also get into some league and conference predictions, maybe get into some random uh, stuff going on in the league because that's how we work. We just go, don't we? Yeah. That's the deal. We just go with the flow, and that's what's so wonderful about Timberwolves' explosion. So here we are, ready to rock and roll. So the preseason, of course, we saw some stuff that's very exciting. Uh, this team is a lot better three-point shooting team, isn't it? At least early on. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you see is uh like what's the most uh, ex- excuse me? What is the most encouraging sign you're noticing out of this team compared to last year? The wins. The wins. Most preseason, <laughs> yeah. The wins right now. Um. Just our shooting is improved. I couldn't believe when I uh, when I saw our first preseason game. Yeah, just LA. the quality of shots were getting off. That was a lot of fun to see. I mean, you, the triangle. A lot of the triangle is about obviously quick ball movement, and that's ball movement, not bowel movement. But <laughs> which is kind of what the triangle looked like last year at times. But uh, the quick ball movement, and then of course a lot of the getting the getting the shot off uh, especially from the perimeter the triangle and the three-point shot is also important uh obviously a six and two record for the timberwolves right now is pretty exciting considering you know you look at the western coverage which is hilarious the western coverage standings the timberwolves are the third seed in the preseason i believe it i believe I it i believe it that's what the wolves are gonna be even better memphis is seven and oh Cleveland is six and one. This is funny, actually, when you look at some of these stats. Cleveland is six and one. Yeah, I, you know, Ramon Sessions has been a has been a stud over there in Cleveland, huh? Actually, he's doing pretty well. That's the funny part. He is. Ramon Sessions is doing well in Cleveland. Maybe he just belongs in the Eastern Conference. I guess. I guess uh, Byron Scott's not a bad coach or anything either. Remember, he went into uh, New Orleans with a team that was pretty much decimated and. With two or three years later, yeah. Plus, I think mm. this was just the wrong system for him here for sessions. Yeah, I mean, he's a penetrator. 
and not a shooter at all. Yeah. And <laughs> Ramon Sessions not being able to penetrate and having to shoot, that's a recipe for what? Disaster. And losses. And losses. And a lot of out of bounce. Oh, sorry. I had to get that out. Yeah, we were. Let's just say we're having a little bit of fun here <laughs> coming into the show today. Again, of course, episode number 62, which will continuously be a reminder for you out there that listen to the show. Um, but no, yeah, the three-point shot, very encouraging early on, especially guys oh, yeah. like Wesley Johnson, uh, Martel Webster. Shucks early on, my favorite player on the team early on. Uh, Beasley looked like he could score... At will. Yeah, just at will. Didn't he? Yeah, early on, now he's kind of hitting a little wall. It's a little... Early on. Early on, yep. Early on. Now we're a little confused. So we'll start off with Michael Beasley, since he's potentially the franchise player in a way. He's probably the most marketable, i got to think. Though a lot of people would uh, go with Kevin Love as the best player on the team. That's the second guy we're going to get into, since it's just the way it's going to be. So Michael Beasley... Started off the preseason looking like a world beater. Now, not so much. Yeah, he looked like the face of the franchise. He sure did. I mean, he scored like it, like it didn't even like effortless. And and again, we know it's preseason, so before you flood us with hate mail at Paladino Live at Yahoo.com, by the way, <laughs> which you're welcome to flood me with hate mail if you really want to, or call into the phone lines two zero nine seven three six seven eight seven seven. Excuse me, <laughs> but uh, no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, by the preseason, I believe that it's only preseason for the top teams. Yeah. You know, where they can just coast through the game, not take it too seriously, like Mm -hmm. the Lakers. Mm -hmm. But for other teams, there's guys that are playing for minutes, and they're not taking it lightly. No, they're not taking it lightly at all. I mean, they're really not. I mean, yeah, you look at a lot of these quote-unquote top teams. Atlanta's, well, no, not not even going to go with them. They give up more points than we do. (coughs) Excuse me. Miami's two and four, but then again, they're hurt, and I don't even know what they're doing. It, it's kind of a mix. It's kind of a mix of people doing well that are supposed to and not supposed to. Cleveland six and one. We don't see that happening. Well, I think it's just the coaches sending uh, you know bench guys out there seeing what they can do. Mm-hmm. But I doubt that when they send the guy onto the court, they're saying, "All right, this is just preseason. You know, don't don't take it too seriously." Whoever's on the whoever's on the court. They're taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking, no, this is just preseason. Yeah, and especially with the Wolves, it's like that because Kurt Rambis has said it a million times, and it's pain, painfully evident you know, that no roster spot is necessarily guaranteed with this team except the center spot. But we'll get to that probably. We'll we'll make him the third guy. So that, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's the most guaranteed spot on this team, unfortunately, for uh, some of the rants we got into on the previous time we were together, episode 59. Um, Beasley, though, back to him. Uh, Judd Zolgad repeatedly said he's going to be a 20 points a game player, guaranteed. Like, yes. There's not a, even a maybe. There's a yes. Uh, do, you, do, you, do you see him that way at this point? Uh, I do want to use the word, you know, the whole, it's preseason. Mm-hmm. But, I, I don't know, he might be, hopefully just for... For now, he's going to be inconsistent. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about, about the, you know, it was like guaranteed 20 points a game. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, it's kind of tough to call because 
warning, warning, warning with Michael Beasley. There is a there is a sign right now. You can see it. He's going to have his ups and downs this year. There's there's just no doubt about it. You can tell. And uh, the good part is he looks a lot more stable than last year. Last year he just looked like somebody that, to quote David Kahn, and hopefully I don't get fined fifty thousand for saying this, but he smoked way too much marijuana last year in Miami, and he looked like he did. Just the look on his face when he played basketball. He didn't look interested. He just kind of looked goofy. This year he looks much more serious, but little still you can see an up and downness to him because of his uh, his his youth. Yeah, he's showing the willingness to uh, to learn and to play better. Like uh, like the game where he was just off and he he knew that he was forcing his shots. Mm-hmm. He was telling himself to calm down. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that was that Indiana game. Yep, he was kept doing the deal. All right, calm down, calm down, calm down. <laughs> and then it was interesting because then immediately he did, he, what was it, he threw up a wild shot again almost down the court. It was kind of funny and it was way short. Like, it seemed like the whole night he was short on his shot in that particular game. Yeah, second-guessing his shots. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's just one of those deals where he's going to hit little walls like that at times. Yeah, he's, he mentioned that he he's overthinking everything he does now. Mm-hmm. You can see it. Yep. Yeah, that... The first game, it seemed like he was just having fun. Mm-hmm. He was just letting oh, the shots man. go. As soon as he gets the ball, you know, it was easy. But now he's just com- completely overthinking everything. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate to see. It, it is. I mean, I hope as the regular season comes around, he's going to start firing again. I mean, a big time. Uh, we'll just have to see how that goes at this point. I kind of, I do see him as the most talented player in the roster, though. Yeah. Uh, do you see him the same way? I do. But uh, yeah. I think maybe, <clears throat> hopefully I'm wrong, that he might have to be a selfish player to be the top player. It might have to come to that because he seems a little bit too worried about pleasing everybody, I guess. He's yeah. he's kind of got a little bit of LeBron syndrome and, of course, Garnett syndrome, which, again, we, we were very accustomed to that for 12 years. You know, Garnett, sure, great player, great teammate when he's not screaming at people. But... <laughs> um, uh, but at the same time, you know, there's a time to be selfish, and he, you know, some players just don't seem to get it. I guess. Hopefully, Beasley can do that if, if indeed he does become the man for this club. So we'll go to the guy who has been clearly, I mean, clearly the MVP of this team in the preseason, and a lot of people argued he was the MVP of the team last year. Uh, we disagree last year, <laughs> and. Uh, What's his name? Jim Peterson said that Kevin Love was the best player on the roster for the Wolves last year. He looks awfully good in the preseason so far. I mean, you, you can see a, a difference in his game this year. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you can see it. He actually resembles a player that has a, a little bit of a post game now. Now, not much, but a little bit. Kind of, the, as they call it, high post. Yep, a hint. Like, a, it's called, you know, like the high post, basically, you can say. He's not the low post, but he's got a little bit of a high post game, and uh, it's encouraging at very least. It is. It, it is. He is rebounding. At, <laughs> we know he's a great rebounder, but there's more energy in his rebounds now, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And it just is, you know. <clears throat> I saw something that kind of worried me in the the last game with the Milwaukee. At the end, um, some of you probably seen it. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, it's on NBA.com's the uh, the recap. Mm-hmm. At the end, he looked like he was yelling at Darko mm. for not uh, 
going for the block in the last second. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It, it seemed that's that should be the coach, the coach's place to to do the yelling. For the yeah, especially for a guy that's only in his third year and kind of uh, he's he's had animosity a little too much in this organization already for someone you know in his stature. We'll say he has built a, he has already built a animosity. Like Darko, sure, we're kind of back and forth in him a little bit, but. Mm. Yeah, I'm hearing like, about how Love will say there's guys on the team that have different motives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that he's one of them. Yeah, he he is. I I agree with you there because, mm, like we were saying in the previous episode, always complaining about playing time and how Team USA appreciates him more than than the Timberwolves. That was my rant in the previous episode. Now two months ago, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, he does talk too much, just like our president of basketball operations, yeah. who hasn't been talking much lately, but still, that was the complaint. Talks too much. Yeah, and even in uh, Beasley's, uh, the Beasley show, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> we were talking to Kevin Love, um, Love mentions that he, he brought back the gold. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he just, gold, yeah, but... just made it by himself. That's so, silly. Know, yeah, he, he brought it back. Mm-hmm. That is pretty silly. I mean, it's like... And the other thing, too, that I, I understand it's like it's nice to be a part of something like that. But, again, this wasn't necessarily the Olympics. Yeah, you're playing against guys that will be in the Olympics. But at the same time, uh, it doesn't necessarily translate into success on a Timberwolves, on a Timberwolves team that you know that's trying to build. Uh, I guess we'll take it, though. I mean, I guess we'll take it at this point. Anything else you want to say on Kevin Love, or it's just yeah, it, mm. he's a cancer. Oh, you think so? He's a cancer. Yeah. I'm saying it. <laughs> it's official. Hey, I think that he's a cancer. That's a very yeah. I mean, it's it's a strong accusation, but the truth is, though, you're. Uh, I mean, the, if, the evidence is starting to show it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you can go and check it out for yourself if you if you watch the game. If you got a recorder or you want to go to the site, the way he was yelling at Darko, mm-hmm. he was just like tossing his hands up, like you know, like what are you stupid? Now why didn't you? That's not. I good. mean, to no. do that on the court, yeah, because you're on the camera, yeah, everybody yeah. can see it. Embarrass, embarrassing Darko and you know the team. Yeah, that's rough. That's really rough because uh, you know the guy that comes back to that, another guy that did the old. Uh, he did in the locker room, pointed to everybody's locker with their name on it, saying, loser, 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 winner. That was Christian Leitner many years ago. I don't want to necessarily compare Kevin Love to that guy, but maybe. Yeah. Because, yeah, obviously the great success in college and now the gold medal, so let's let's make the ego a little bigger. Yeah. <laughs> That's about what's going on a little bit there. I. Uh, he's a good player, but he's not exactly... Uh, Larry Bird or Carl Malone just yet. Yeah, that's he's got a long way to go. That's not like his attitude. I mean, yeah, I've been questioning for a while. Yeah, and oh. again, the part where I'm sorry, where Beasley got a Garnett's locker, mm-hmm. and then uh, oh, Kevin Love yeah. was in the background saying uh, that means you're going to be traded. Whoa, I didn't, I didn't see that. It would be funny, but Man. he's. he's He's he said a lot of stuff like that. Mm. He just so, kind of says the wrong thing at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. 
it, it's weird. It's like maybe he doesn't mean it, but he but he keeps. It's like he just doesn't get it. Yeah, that's like, kind of what it comes to. Yes, I assume that it's like okay, you have anything positive to say? Mm-hmm. And and it's it's like again, they weren't even talking to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows that you know someone in the locker rooms getting you know interviewed, interviewed and he just ha- he just has to say something. He just wants to jump in and say it just because he can. Because now all of a sudden. He's the he's the new Kevin Garnett. We got to take the love out because he's Garnett. Damn it! <laughs> uh, I mean, certainly the most yeah. He's certainly the most debated individual on this team. That's why we're probably spending the most time on him in the conversation because the talent is there. Not elite talent. I mean, I'm gonna still say that he's not an elite talent, but uh, certainly he's the controversy's there a little bit. He's not quite. Uh, I don't even know. He's he's not Marbury, that's for sure. He's not talking about he wants to go back to New York or anything. At least he's uh, mentioned that he'd like an extension with the Wolves. But it was funny how like a week after he made that comment about the Wolves don't appreciate him, he he's willing to sign an extension with Minnesota. It's just funny. Yeah. A little bit of bipolar syndrome there. And, again, it's not a knock at people that have that. It's just, uh, just kind of strange. Yeah, complaining about not getting enough minutes and then. Mm-hmm. Yep. When he's on the U.S. team, he doesn't mind not coming off the bench. Yeah. I can see how he would be upset of about Holland getting more minutes. Yeah, that guy, no control, a little bit of talent, but no control whatsoever. Not, yeah. not an NBA player, really. Holland, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'd get frustrated about that, but you can't. Hmm. You, yeah, you, you shouldn't run to the media. Mm-hmm. Is that complain about it. Yeah, that's that's Kobe Bryant syndrome, and that's what drove Phil Jackson crazy. Definitely a little bit of he's kind of like a Kobe, we'll say. I mean, you know, he's got a little growing up to do. Not necessarily Marbury level, where that guy was evil, or or Leitner. So we're gonna keep going around here a bit. Uh, well, Darko Milicic. Why not segue right off to Darko Milicic, the most guaranteed roster spot on this team, <laughs> without a doubt, and. Again, we're not even trying to knock on him and be mean. Um, it's just that's kind of how they roll right now. The Darko Milicic is the starting center for the Wolves, like it or not. Um, he's mana. He's mana from heaven. Yeah, Darko mana. <laughs> and no, I I don't dislike him. I don't. I'm not trying to be negative. I promise. I promise. But at the same time, it's like, you know, he's not Hakeem yet. He's not Hakeem Olajuwon yet. Uh, the question, too, that we were discussing, we can kind of throw all the three centers maybe in this conversation right now. We might as well. But obviously, Darko's the feature guy. Uh, for, for the sake of time, I'll throw all the three centers together. The biggest thing lacking in these guys is certainly not effort. The effort is there, especially for Nikola, which I like a lot. Nikola Pekovic, I like the effort. Kufos is okay. He's not bad. But biggest thing lacking is athletic ability. Athletic ability, if you want to use that word. Um, there's a little bit of shot blocking ability, mostly from Darko. Kufos is an okay shot blocker, but yeah, that, that's the thing. The athletic, the athleticism at the center position is certainly lacking from this trio. Yeah, compared to, to uh, other centers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're certainly not, I dare say the name, we're going to play him in the season opener, and we hope he doesn't explode too much. DeMarcus Cousins. The athleticism is there, if you like it or not. Uh, it's not as good as other people's, we'll say, but it's certainly there. It's evident with, Dar- with uh, yeah. De- DeMarcus, the guy we liked a lot. And we were pretty consistent about that in the two episodes we were in last year, the one before the draft and the one after. Um, 
One good thing, though, I mean, all three of them can certainly pass, especially Darko and uh, Nicola. Kufos, I think, will be traded. I'm going to make that prediction right now. Uh, they're because it's all they ever say pretty much about him, he's going to get traded. Uh, I do think he's an NBA center, believe it or not. I do think he is not a full-time per starter. I don't think he's going to be a starter in this league. I, I think he's just, I think he's an NBA player, though. Nikola shows, you, you look at him, you don't really, he doesn't really look like a good player, but you lay, but then on paper it's like oh he got 15 points and and you know seven rebounds where'd that come from not bad like six or seven the recently from Nicola so one way or another he gets it done yeah he just needs to work on his uh, fouling mm-hmm he's he's too aggressive that's yeah. a big thing his his defense is a little definitely you see a lack of athleticism from Nicola it's it's all about the big E effort with uh, Pekovic and uh, he he'll give you effort. Yeah, plus I, I just don't think he's a good matchup with most of the centers. Because most centers are like uh, Hibbert. Yeah, yeah, that guy is. After a, he oh. lost the weight, it's Woo, just. He's getting good. Yeah. He's, he's long. Very, Pekovic, very long. Yeah, he just. <laughs> yeah, Pekovic, he might as well not even be there. In a sense, yeah, when, yeah. It, when it comes to guarding. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When it, when it comes to guarding people, yeah, because the. He's. He's kind of like the Rhino uh, offensively in a way, not not necessarily out there shooting the ball, but it's the body. He'll body. He's like a big ball kind of, you know, <laughs> the way he's built. Yeah. He's built kind of like a ball, you know, with uh, shorter arms, but he'll get shots in because of his physicality and his effort. But defensively, watch out, watch out defensively. I mean, he's got. I don't see the. Yeah, he certainly doesn't have long arms. He just does not, and defensively, that will affect you. He's certainly a lot better than Nathan Jawai, though. Oh, yeah. Nathan Jawai was just a ball with uh, alligator arms. He couldn't guard anybody, if, if he, no, no matter what. He was just a ball, <laughs> you know? That's what he looked like, like cool spot or something. Uh, Darko Milicic. Yep. I mean, yeah, he's certainly expensive. He's certainly expensive. Uh, this actually is, uh, that's actually old, though. Yeah, he's making five. He, he's making about five million. We're, we're still seeing the... We're still seeing a 7.5. That's what he was owed last year um, because that big contract, three years, $21 million. Now he's on a 20 for four. So it's a little less, luckily. Uh, luckily. Uh, hmm? any, other, any other comments on the centers? Or have you kind of had a break? Oh, oh that's okay. <laughs> All right. So now we'll get off the centers, I guess, at this point. Uh, just lack of athleticism. But uh, the effort is certainly there. And no, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. The center position. Right now, you could strike a strong argument is the best we've ever had on this team. I know that's not saying much because it's not like we have Akeem and Dave Robinson and, uh, you know, Bill Russell on the list. But still, it, we, I appreciate the center position compared to what we've had. Yeah. So now we're going to get to a couple of guys here. Competing well, shucks. We almost might as well throw all three into this conversation because no four, four people into this conversation. Yes, that's the problem. Four guys competing for guard and small forward position, shooting guard, small forward, wing, whatever. It has created a logjam at those positions, and obviously, oh, the problem is, oh wait, shoot, guess what? The small forward position is now being is being occupied by Michael Beasley. Uh oh, 
So minutes are even more scarce than, than they look. Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, we're talking about... I think you guys have a pretty good idea who we're talking about. Corey Brewer. Oh, Corey Brewer. Oof. Right now, they continue to seem to... Right now, they're kind of looking at him as the starting shooting guard. I'm hoping is not the case. Yeah. Mm, I'm not happy. Martel Webster, I really like a lot. More than I thought I did. Wesley Johnson is probably the destined guy... Out of the four, I'm going to make a prediction right now. But maybe maybe it's Martell. Maybe. And Wayne Ellington, yeah. Mm. A guy who I think, yeah, he deserved more minutes than he gets at times. But his shot selection, this guy, I think he's going to shoot himself out of, uh, out of playing time if he keeps this up. Because if I was the coach and he, was, and he continues to put up the shots that he's been doing of late, I'd pull him. As head coach of the Timberwolves, I would pull Wayne Ellington with some of the crazy shots he's been putting up in these games. Sure, it's preseason, but preseason is when guys like Wayne Ellington win roster spots or lose roster spots, <laughs> or at least playing time. He's he's going to be on the roster, okay? I, so I'm going going a little far with that. Oh shoot, there's another guy at small forward. That's right, Lazar Hayward. <laughs> See, it's just that's five guys now competing for two spots. Okay, and then if you throw in Beasley for small forward, that's six. Granted, uh, he's, he's going to play power forward, too. We know that. Um, it's a long jam. Um, so who should we start with? Brewer? Wayne Ellington? I kind of start on Ellington there. Uh, who do we sure. start with? Mm. For me, it kind of depends on our playing style. Mm-hmm. And the way we looked with our bench players being, it looked like they're just as good as the starters. Mm-hmm. So I think we're deep enough to have a 11-man rotation. That's the funny part, sure, yeah, because, yeah, we everybody wants to talk about, and I know this is a whole, this could put us into a 5 million year subject into everybody else talking about how deep they are. The Knicks and the Lakers, we'll leave that there. We don't agree that they're deep, as people say. Yeah, okay, I'll throw this in super quick. Chris Mullen mentioning the Lakers are the deepest team in... No, they're not, <laughs> which we've we've made that argument many times. No, they're not. Uh, the Wolves are deep. Obviously, the star potential at the top is not. But yeah. uh, maybe with Beasley or Love, we'll see. But uh, there is depth on this team. The only problem is, is it, too, is it too watered down? Are there too many chefs in the kitchen, particularly at... The GF, you know, guard forward, wing positions. Yeah. It's getting a little bit, it's getting a little busy in there, isn't it? These guys are going to be bumping their, bumping into each other a little too much and they're trying to cook their uh, prime ribs and their uh, chickens and stuff. It's like, yes, just because mm-hmm. they're good enough to to warrant minutes. Yeah, warrant minutes, yes. That's the key. Like, we just can't say, well, okay, that's a bench guy. Well, mm-hmm. that's a bench guy. They're... Or starter, yep. yeah. they all should... They all should get minutes. They deserve minutes. Wayne Ellington, like we were saying, we'll st- I guess we'll kind of start with him. I mean, really, we're talking about all of them at the same time, so it, it works either way, I guess. I, I probably don't even need to go individually with these guys because they're kind of in a group. But, yeah, Wayne Ellington, like you were saying a few minutes ago off the mic as we were, you know, we're kind of preparing and stuff for the show, conversationally we were. <laughs> uh Behind the arc, he is—he, you know—he's pretty much lights out, and and he really is. But 
in front of the ark, like I was saying just now, my God, that, the, uh, I'd pull him out of the game with some of the shot selection he's made. And as you were saying, off off the air, he 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 gets his shot blocked pretty easily. Yeah, he sure does. Uh, he did some stupid things too, and I know he played a little bit of point guard. I'll throw this in real quick before we get to the point guards. But yeah, Wayne Ellington and Johnny Flynn did the same thing often when they'd go under the basket. Instead of looking around to dish the ball, like Luke Ridenour, we'll get back to him very shortly, and Flynn, they try to just, oh shoot, the, I'm right under the basket, let's just try to put it up. What the heck? And yeah. what happens? Did the, does the ball ever go in when they do that? No. No. Rule number one, just just don't do that. <laughs> as, you, as you said, and was it episode, I don't even know, I think it was the... 58, that was fun. How he said Johnny Flynn gets engulfed by the power forwards and yeah. centers in this league. And so did Wayne Ellington when you drive to that, when you kind of go under the basket like that, you're going to get engulfed. And uh, maybe you, the smart thing to do, try to make people think you're stupid and fake the ball up. Oh, shoot, now they're off the ground. Now pass it. Yeah. There you go. I mean, that's one of the things I love when people do that. Uh, Wayne Ellington majorly did that when he went under the basket several times. And it didn't go in any of those times that he did that. Uh, mm. I think we, we may have to <clears throat> package Ellington, Brewer, and um, Kufos for a... I don't know who's out there right now. Uh, just for a very solid uh, shooting guard. Either or small forward. Yeah, it's something. Or even maybe another center, maybe. But then again, probably not. Probably have to throw in Pekovic to do something like that. But yeah, it's a... Uh, might have to shrink down the roster a little bit. And it's not because we're so deep, you know, we're so rich. We're going to, you know, you know, we're so rich, we can just kind of make some moves here. You know, we could kind of... You know, it's one of those deals where you have too many guys at the same position. Like, there's been the problem with this team probably since they traded Garnett. Um, it is definitely, it's, it doesn't help chemistry. It just doesn't, and it definitely slows the development of a lot of the young guys. Yeah, I can imagine what's going on in the locker room, because there's no clear-cut starter. Mm-mm. I mean, the one guy, if, if I was the head coach today, Martel Webster would be the starting shooting guard, end of story, right now. I, I just think he's the most ready to go. Not only does he seem to have the most, uh, he certainly has the quickest release and everything, he's I just, I really, I really like what Martel Webster brings to the table. The guy who could destined, who can be destined for something very solid because of how smooth he is, is Wesley Johnson. That guy has a chance to be something, but he hasn't proven it yet. Actually, I would have Webster come off the bench. Would you? I would Energy. have. Mm. Yeah, my, my, the starters I'll pick will be uh, Ridenauer, mm, Yep. Johnson, Beasley, Love, and Darko. That's not a bad lineup either. See, it's like that's the only difference between us is Johnson and Webster. Um, and I don't blame it either because that would be my other choice. That's where I'd be really con- uh, thinking right now. Brewer would not start for this team. Yeah. <laughs> Guaranteed not start. Yeah, I would let Rittenauer, Johnson be the three-point threat. Also, Beasley, let Kevin Love get his, and then yeah, Darko he- for defense. Kevin Love is shooting threes again. He's, he's back, and, and I appreciate that. I, I'm giving that a thumbs up. Off, you know, you can't see it as I'm doing it right in front of the microphone. Thumbs up to the three point for love. Yeah, we'll take it. The bench would be <clears throat> Flynn. Yep. He can score, so you let him score. Yeah, he shouldn't start. He should not start. Either nope. Ellington or Brewer 
a shooting guard. Mm-hmm. You could go with either one. Yeah. Webster, small forward, Tolliver, and then Pekovic. Tolliver's looking okay. He's kind of up and down, but yeah, Pekovic. Yeah, that, that's a nice second unit, really. It is. Yeah. That's the one thing when you get with depth. The second unit's not bad. That's not a bad second unit. It's quite encouraging. It really is. And again, we apologize for some of the negative, for some of maybe over negativity in the previous shows. We're just, but we weren't very happy at the time. Um, so I just had to throw that out there for somebody out there that did feel that way. And I don't blame you. But uh, yeah, there's definitely a depth deal on this team that we do have. Um, that was kind of weirdly worded, but uh, Wesley John. Uh, yeah, it, it's just it's such a back and forth. I, I'm going back and forth right now about the starter between Martell and Webster and who's got the higher ceiling. Uh, I'm very encouraged with Webster. I'm disappointed about the injury of late. I believe it's the back, right? The back has been yeah. an issue. Wesley Johnson had the hamstring issue. He's kind of been up and down with health of late too. Really, the whole summer. Wesley. Yeah. That's kind of... Yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah, well, with the Webster, I think that <clears throat> him being the, I guess you can say, captain of the second unit... I would make him that, yeah. That yeah. work. Because he Not doesn't planned. have to worry about <laughs> passing the ball to BZ or Love. Mm-hmm. I would make him that. Yeah, he doesn't have to... Yeah, he doesn't have to worry about... That's a really good point, actually. Because... Yeah, Wes, he doesn't have to worry about passing to, to those guys because then being Webster is such a great scorer, he can go out there and do what he does, score. Yeah. He is a really good scorer, so that's a good point there. With uh, Whereas Wesley, that silky smooth, and I love it. I You know, milk chocolate, I guess you could call him in a way, with the whole smoothie is at that three-point shot. I mean, it is just, I really like the way he releases the ball and the way he approaches the game and, Defensively, well, he's, he shows flashes of really good defense. I think that may be and, the hamstring no. at work there. It could be. You you have a point. It could be. Because <laughs> with BZ out there. Could be. You know, and he likes to go to the rim. He can dish it out to Webster for the, you know, for the three. Mm-hmm. You can definitely do that, yeah. When you put them, to, yeah, when you put them together in the same unit, because I'm sure some lineups will have them together, you, you know, overlap and such. You can't just do it. It's not like hockey with line changes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Corey Brewer, shall we? Uh, this guy, I'm telling you, if he hasn't taken a step back this year, at least from what we've seen, and it's a very painful indication that he's taken a step back, at least right now. Uh, there's a there's several reasons why, though. I I could I got to think. Well, I mean. No, I shouldn't say several. There's several reasons in terms of uh, certain players on the team. Yeah, because last year Corey Brewer was the pretty much far and away starter at shooting guard last year without much competition. Now this year they bring in Martell and Wesley Johnson into the mix. The old morale, the old morale number went for Corey Brewer. Yeah, and you can see it so clearly because. I think his mm-hmm. role just has to be, it just has to be smaller. Because if he, he's, if he's with the second unit, he can just focus on defense. Yeah, because that's what, what that's really the number one key coming in. Other than his uh, ability to explode on the break, which we love very much. Yeah. Which we not, which we've seen. Uh, well, we've seen an up and downness on it in the preseason. We'll say. Uh, yeah, there's an explosion here and there. 
And then some of the stuff we saw. I mean, yeah, the shooting has really taken a dump for yeah. regards of, for lack of better term there. I had to use it because that's the only thing I could say. <laughs> it's taken a dump, man, his shooting. Uh, not that it ever was great, but, hey, he was making threes last year. We'll, we'll give him credit there in a big way. But uh, their shot selection has gone down. And on the break in that Indiana game, there was a play where we just got so... <laughs> you know, we're, 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 you can call us uh, amateur coaches, whatever. I mean, I think we could coach basketball, maybe not NBA yet. <laughs> uh, someday, if we're really fortunate, that'd be a lot of, that'd be a lot of fun. But uh, this would get, I mean, he would get pulled instantaneously for what he did. He drove to the basket, as you saw, and just did some, what what do you call it? A baby? Uh, it would be like a baby finger roll, yeah. like just effortless. And when you're effortless on a layup, that's not a good thing. It hit the front of the rim. Why didn't he dunk the ball for one? Secondly, he he had teammates around him as well that maybe pass the ball too. You yeah. could do one or the other, dunk or pass it. He does a baby finger roll in a in a very close game in a situation where they needed a basket, and I mean they needed it. And he just kind of did a baby finger roll, and that's just. We know wins and losses aren't that important in the preseason, but for a team that needs to get something to work on, and for a guy that's probably yeah, he's got a lot of competition at his position. Yeah. That's the best you can do. Yuck! If <laughs> that's the best you can do when you're competing with guys like, you know, Wesley Johnson and Martel Webster, especially. Yuck! Yeah, he needs to get his points from just steals. And off of fast breaks. That's his dunks. game. That's his dunks. game. Dunks. Not, not, <laughs> it's like, yeah, we'll forgive you, Corey. We'll forgive you. But at the time, you're going to sit down, <laughs> you know, for stuff like that. I mean, you you got to dunk that ball. It's just, I mean, and I, I listened to a show. It's funny. I keep, I constantly keep listening back to the shows where we were talking again because they're so fun to listen to. And it's fun to kind of hear what we had to say then compared to now. Kurt Rambis made the comment a billion times, you know, he told Corey Brewer, just dunk the ball, and that's what he did last year. So where, where did that go? Uh, his shot selection really sucks, at least so far. Whew, anything you'd like to add to that one, Corey Brewer? <clears throat> no, I think uh, yeah, I think it's between him and uh, Ellington right now. To get yeah, to get kind of that nine man rotation, ten man rotation, because one of them could potentially be in that eleven twelve range with. But Kufos. because of Webster, oh, I think or, that Ellington's the odd man out because we have Webster. Yeah. To shoot the threes. Yep. Oh, and he's got one hell of a release. Like, uh, I'll, I'll let you finish first. Sorry. Yeah, Webster and Wesley, because mm-hmm. if Wesley Wesley is Ellington and Corey combined, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Ellington and Corey, yes. Cause, uh, the threes in the defense. Yeah. He seems to have the the highest ceiling of the group. Uh, that's what I've been quietly trying to convince myself. But, yeah, you can see it. When you really look closely, you can kind of see he does have the highest ceiling. Yeah. But if, another thing, if the second unit had Flynn in it and he's a scorer, yeah, yes, then I would say, okay, well, if we didn't have Flynn, if we had another point guard for the second unit that didn't score, I would say, okay, well, we need another score. Use uh, Ellington. But since Flint can shoot, we just need 
Brewers defense to get a steal and pass it to Flynn, Webster, outlet, yep. yeah, or uh, Tolliver. That's the key. Let's those three score. That's the yeah. That's pretty much that. Yeah, he kind of has to play a role. You know, you don't want him to just uh, keep shooting so much. He shot uh, Ellington and Brewer. Kind of reminded me of Rashad McCants a bit. You know, this preseason. I'll continue to say a billion times that we know it's the preseason. I know people like to make fun of it, but it, not with this team. This isn't the Lakers. You know, we don't. We're not have championship aspirations just yet. We're trying to figure out who's who's on this team and who isn't long term or who's going to play. And if you're going to have such poor shot selection, you're not going to play. <laughs> That's just about it. And uh, Brewer does need to like. Uh, need to play a role, and that's, of course, like you said, the defense, and, uh, yeah, play, be a defensive specialist, which is what he should be on this team with his defensive ability. He's got a great defensive talent, and, of course, the break and the passing. Yeah. That's that's more than enough, I think, for a guy like him to be extremely valuable, not only on this team, but somewhere else if, you know, God forbid he gets traded or somebody else really comes calling for him, like, hey, if, if you... If you're not going to guarantee him a lot of minutes, we'll take him. <laughs> yeah. We'll give you this, this, and this. That's what I was thinking. Instead of uh, wasting Ellington, if we just package Brewer and Ellington together to get a better, like a like an Artest or possibly a, a Badier, even uh, a, a, a player in that Ariza. range, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. or maybe an athletic backup center, maybe something, but. Because I'm so paranoid about, you know, that same position over and over again. That, that position is so high. But but then again, you're getting rid of two for one, I suppose. So Yeah. That's the other thing. Just a million-dollar question is you, you just earn a million-dollar deal is you hope you don't stunt Wesley or Martell too much. Yeah, I actually think our biggest concern right now is because I, I wouldn't say having too many good players in a certain position is a concern, but our point guard. That's the position, yep, and that's a we'll segue, perfect segue into that. We do a fist pound off the mic off right here. <laughs> the point guard position. Here we go. Right now, clearly, the, there is one true point guard on this roster, and uh, the, the IQ is certainly the highest for the 29-year-old Luke Ridnar. He's, I think he's yeah. the highest IQ on the roster, quite yeah. frankly, without a doubt. Very impressed. Yeah, and I just don't get what people are seeing in Rubio. Like, he's going to come here and be the savior. Mm-hmm. I mean, he takes high-risk passes, and looks like he's, oh, like he's hooks. gotten worse. <laughs> Some of those hooks, yeah, from what you're seeing, yeah. One thing we hear that's encouraging is his defense is really good, but did you see much of that at all? Because I, I haven't no. gotten to see enough, and I, I'm going to try to... I'm going to be honest, I haven't gotten to see like Ridnar enough. I, I really wish, or Ridnar, excuse me, Rubio. Now I'm getting the R's with the point guards. I don't know how I did that, really, but um, I wish, God, I wish I got to see some of those games against the, the his his club in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of people have been talking about his defense, that, that it's really good. In the draft, it was the opposite. So did you notice much, Did you did you notice defense from him? Yeah, his his steals looking that's, decent. Mm. Yeah, that's about it. But I've I've heard that there are guys younger than him right now that are better, and he's not even the start, the starting point guard in this team. 
Hmm. That's, that's a big problem too. I mean, in in Europe, it's it's funky like that because like Brandon Jennings average like shucks like two or three points a game in Europe. It's it's funky. Like the stats are really really low over there, so they can be very deceiving. Because we saw what Brandon Jennings, you know, he put up Gilbert Arenas numbers for the first month. Granted, he you know if he was a stock, it was one of those stocks where the chart kept pointing down, <laughs> especially in field goal percentage. But still, the guy. His, his 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 European numbers certainly didn't translate to his NBA numbers. Yeah, so we got to hope and pray it's the same case with uh, Ricky Rubio. I mean, all, yeah, all the same you... thing with Rubio. He has a horrible shot. Mm-hmm. That that has not improved very much. A little bit of threes. That's got. There's a little encouraging from the three point, but not much. A little bit. A little bit. Luke. Luke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Luke Ridnar, I'm very happy with him, to be honest, as the point guard of this team. We're both pretty uh, yeah. We're both pretty satisfied with him as a starting point guard for the entire season. Yeah, that's veteran who uh, can actually play. Yeah, he can play. He can uh, He can lead. He's a quarterback. Yes, except point guard, we need someone who can do that and shoot. Yeah, he can hit the three-point shot. He even led us in scoring against his old club, the Bucks. Yeah. Because that old club, that was actually pretty cool. I'm, yeah, I'm very uh, satisfied with the thought of Luke Rednar as a starting point guard, yes, on this team. Or his member back, it was funny how back uh, earlier in the year we were like laughing at the thought, they're bringing Luke Rednar in? Yeah, I thought that was uh, ridiculous. Yeah, I, at the time, because it was funny because it's like we have, what, 19 point guards in the roster? Well, it would have been like four or four in terms of if you include Rubio for the future. But yeah, Sessions was here. Whew, yep, because Sessions is still here. La, Flynn, obviously. It's like, well, what are we doing here? And luckily, if you talk about upgrade, that's an upgrade. Yeah, because <laughs> wow. uh, Ridnar can bring the ball down, Yeah, stop and pop, yep. you know? Yep. And that's something that I don't think Rubio can do. He's best used on the uh, on the fast break. Yes. Yep. But after that, I mean, in order That's for teams to beat us, they just got slow us down, and then we're done. That could be a nightmare. I mean, he's, oh boy, because we saw a little bit of that. We saw a yeah. problem with that in this uh, preseason a bit. Like, like Rondo, for example. Rajon. Yep. Before, like the defenders were like they weren't anywhere near him because no one respected his shot. But as soon as he got a shot, now he's, you know, now it's the big four over there now. Mm-hmm. So in order for yeah, Rubio to be that. successful here and to push anyone out the way <clears throat> once he gets here. Mm-hmm. To be this, yep, the main guy. Yep. Yeah, he, he needs a shot. That's the key. I, I, From what I've seen, it has improved a teeny tiny bit, but not, not enough yet, at least from what we've seen. The brief amount that I've gotten to see, but, uh, you know, and what have you heard? It, it's improved a little bit, but, yeah, not enough necessarily to be uh, this necessarily a superstar. The, the passing certainly is there, but is it just, is it all just the kind of stuff that, yeah, it's going to happen over there in Europe, but the old, yeah, that's not going to fly in the league. You know, the old cross. Because yeah. if he does some of that skyhook-looking cross-court passing, that ain't going to make it. Yeah, it's not. This is going to be... <laughs> That's Favre level. I highlight you know? every once in a while. Yeah. Every once in a while, you'd be like, oh, my God, Ricky Rubio. And then you'll be saying that looks like Brett Favre against the Saints or the Jets. Score, yeah. He has six turnovers. Yep. And, yep, and that, and we, 
certainly remember Johnny Flynn doing that quite a bit last year. Yeah. Uh, yep, we obviously remain on the point guard position. He's another player. <sighs> Johnny Flynn. He can shoot, but he can't pass. He's like the anti-Rubio, I guess. Yeah, and actually... He can kind of pass, but not really. I know I might, nah, he might sound a little crazy. Mm-hmm. But I would actually trade Flynn and Rubio and keep Telfair. Hmm. Whoa, my eyes just popped out of my head. Whoa. Even with all of Telfair's mistakes. Whoa. Telfair? Right now, I think he's more focused on passing. His shot selection was just horrible when he was here. That's why my eyes are popping. Yeah, I hate it. The the way he's played now (laughs) is better than when Flynn was here, when Flynn was playing. Mm, Just passing. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I, I saw some of the same junk. Yeah, not not all the. T- it's not quite as bad, but I'm seeing a lot of the same junk again. Like my blood was starting to pump out through these veins a little bit. I'm, <laughs> I, I, oh, I I was seeing a lot of the same stuff that you heard me. I mean, I got kind of loud on some of those Timberwolves explosion shows the last uh, the last year he was here. I got a little bit loud. He he kind of got in my. Uh, he he was kind of my whipping boy after McCants got traded. Yeah, he he did oh, make some boy. Oh, yeah, sorry, shot selection down. is bad, but yeah, Flynn's was too. Yes, it was, and it was oh. way more turnovers. And he, he, I don't know, it just to me tougher looks right now, better than when Flynn was playing. I suppose you can, yeah, you can, you can make that argument in terms of he's more steady at this point. Uh, his yeah. three points, he can hit the three point shot. I'll give him that credit. I, heck, I even gave him the credit the year I was all blood-boiling about him. But his key is, and obviously we were talking about this several times too, catch and shoot. Once you dribble the ball, he's done. No more, no shot. If Telfair dribbles and shoots, it's going to miss. 99.9% of the time. He has to catch and shoot. That's just his game. And I know that would probably insult him if I was the coach and told him that. But sorry. <laughs> yeah, same thing with Brewer. Yeah. Some certain people you have the catch and shoot, as you evidence with me and horse. It's uh, it's pretty deadly when you if you if you can get the catch and shoot down, it's really good. It's a much higher percentage shot than dribble shoot. It just is. Not everybody can dribble shoot. Uh, Flynn, kind of can, but he's probably better than the yeah. He's better than the you know Telfair and, and Brewer at it. That's for sure. But uh, just saying. That's pretty much their game. Um, man, uh, the, the question is, though, when you mentioned Flynn and Rubio, I might as well ask right now, who would you want to trade them for, though? Chris Paul? No. Again, <laughs> Actually, yeah, Chris Paul. Yeah, no, to, go ahead. <laughs> with, with the picks that we have, I think we'll have to, like I said, trade two just to get one who's better than both of them at this point. Yeah, try to get... That would be the key. You'd want to get a bigger, uh, big star point guard of some kind, right? Yeah. Would that be your deal? I mean, yeah, because if you trade both of them, you have to get a point guard back. I gotta think. And Telfer could maybe be the third string, and uh, Luke can be the second string, and uh, God knows who could be the first string. Maybe, uh, maybe Russell Westbrook. No, I don't think. I don't think they do that. But actually, the best <laughs> maybe. out there would nah, be the Thunder. Oh, I'd love Russell Chris on this Paul team. Ooh, if they did that, I'd be thrilled. I mean, I I, I got to think Johnny Flynn would look. Damn, Johnny Flynn and Rubio on the Hornets. I think they'd love that, actually. 
because Flynn would be really good in the on the Hornets yeah. system. Fantastic. Yeah, because yeah, our system it it just yeah affects our point guards. You mm-hmm. see how right now how Sessions is doing way better. Yeah, it's look at him. System. Look at Sessions. Look at Ramon Sessions in Cleveland. He was virtually useless. That's the funny part with uh, Telfair. You know, like what I was just saying, the dribble shoot. Telfair should be successful in the triangle. So, yeah, that's really good right there, how you brought that up, because the catch and shoot. Telfair in the triangle actually could fit because that's a better better deal, ultimately. I got to think. It's funny, though, how they keep going back and forth with the whole fast break and triangle, fast break, triangle. It's like, which which one are we? You can kind of be both, but... You, the roster kind of has the identity of a uh, little of both, I guess. You, you kind of want to have a full identity of one or the other. Yeah, I see sooner Flynn or later. Tilfer, basically the same, same type. Similar. Uh, I think Flynn's a better shooter. Yeah. Not as good a passer in in a sense, but same type in terms of shot selection. Yeah. And frustration at times. Um, he's more athletic, but Johnny, yeah. He just goes in there and gets blocked. Yep. He needs if he had Too a shorter, then then I then I would if he if Flynn had a a floater and uh and his IQ was a little higher, mm-hmm. then I would I would pick him over Tilfer. But Tilfer less turnovers. You can get him to stop shooting. That's so. the thing. He he's yeah he's not really bad at turnovers at all. That's a, yeah, I mean, a lot of people in the past thought he was a turnover, you know, a prone point guard who was, no, was out of control. It's the bad shooting, not the turnovers. He's actually yeah. a solid, he's a solid Bob, what do they call that? I, am I, he's solid at protecting the ball. There we go. Yeah. I wish I could word that a little better, but it's not coming out. <laughs> it's not coming out right. Uh, yeah, he protects the ball better than a lot of people think. So that's a solid point. Um so now we kind of get to the bottom of the roster. Unless you have anything else to add with the point guard position. No. Okay. So the bottom of the roster, Anthony Tolliver. Now, I'm not necessarily putting him in the bottom, but we haven't really talked too much about him yet. Tolliver and Lazar. Tolliver and Lazar. Uh, I think Lazar does not see the light of day much in the regular season. The league. Yeah. And that might be, that That would be a solid decision. You, Lazar Hayward is eligible as a rookie. To two years in the D League, he's eligible, and if I'm the coach, do it. Give him a chance to develop because he's not going to play here, at least not not yet. I think. I don't think at all. You don't think he ever will There's make two, it? We have Webster, Wesley, Beasley. Yeah. Too many um, chefs. Yep. Maybe Brewer. Yep. Maybe Brewer. Yep. So when he does get better, there's, there's still no time. So we'll probably just trade him. He's going to probably, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's packaged. And I do think, I don't think Corey Brewer's on this team next year. And it's not because I don't like him necessarily. I'm not happy with what I've seen. Uh, I don't think he's going to be on this team, though, long term. Because Webster, I, I think Webster and Wesley, the W's, will be on this team for a while. Especially Wesley Johnson. I think they really like him. Uh, Hayward, Lazar, Lazarus. Will rise. <laughs> he will rise elsewhere. I think um, yeah. I can see him being a solid NBA player, but we'll see. Uh, things are going to have to change for him to play on this roster. Anthony Tolliver. That brings us to him. I like him. Uh, he's a nice all-around player, isn't he? I like him. I like him too. Nice hustle guy can score. 
He's a very good hustler. His shot selection got a little bit... I got a little irritated with it. He, he got a little too trigger-happy in that Pacer game. Yeah, I think it's but, probably just because of the last game. <laughs> it could be. Yeah, I got a little irritated with that trigger-happy, but it's like, oh, well, I guess, you know, trying to shake it off. His shooting form... I don't... It's not my favorite, I guess. It's not Wesley Johnson or Martel Webster-like. I mean, those two guys, I, I like their shooting form more than anybody on the roster. One is silky smooth, the other is quick. I love both of them. You know, Webster's got that quick shot, re- quick release. I just love that in a in a, in a player, in a shooter. Uh, Tolliver, though, overall, I mean, a great personality, very entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. The, the decision part, duh. I played that. I played the audio of his video on the last show. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I like him an awful lot. A bargain basement player at two point five million a year. I know to us, two point five million. We're the best in the world. Well, we're the happiest guys in the world. But no, in the NBA world, that's a bargain basement, and uh, he's worth it. Yes, I think it's safe to say he's worth it. And, and he's wearing your number forty-four. Wesley's wearing mine, number four. Yep, we we both like fours, I guess. Looks like, but uh, yeah. I, overall, I like Tal Tolliver a lot. Um, I do. Before we get to the team predictions in the league conference, unless you have anything else to add on Tolliver. No. Okay. Uh, real quick, we've noticed some. Uh, we, well, we were we we noticed a sim- very similar trait to last season. The the perimeter defense is still a f- major frustration on this team, especially in the Indiana Pacers game because they just owned us last year. Yeah. With that three point shot, every time, especially Darren Collison would penetrate near the basket. Wesley Johnson, Corey Brewer, mostly Corey Brewer, and. Uh, Wesley Johnson, I guess we'll say, left their man. They constantly would leave their man, even though the guy was hitting mostly Paul, mostly guys like Paul George, James Posey. Paul George surprised me how good a three-point shooter yeah. he is, by the yeah. way. Wow, man, better than I thought. Kareem Rush, th- that team is filled with shooters, just filled with them. Uh, and they constantly left this, left them over and over and over to try to gamble and double-team Collison to the basket and... Uh, the three-point shooting by Indiana was about fifty-three, no, 55% in that game because constantly leaving people open. And it wasn't just in that game. I mean, we've been upset probably the whole preseason with how quickly our guys leave their man. Yeah. I mean, we've been giving up the three-point shot just like last year. It looks almost the same. I, hmm. can, I think it's, we can kind of blame that on... I think it's because of Darko was sitting up. Because he did Webster. miss time, yep. Darko so missed we, time, Webster too. So yep. because of uh, Hibbert's um, athleticism, ooh, Hibbert. guys had to, you know, we had to use help defense, which... The lie, yeah. That they're, you know, that's why they had open shots. Because mm-hmm. we don't have the athletic uh, center. No, we don't. Which no. is why I think we should trade Rubio mm. and Flint for or... Brewer and Ellington to get a athletic center. I yeah, I would be thrilled if we could get that. Oh man, Demarcus Cousins. Sign I'm, Carmelo. I'm sorry to say that. I'm sorry to bring that name up again. <laughs> Sign Carmelo. Sign Carmelo. That would be uh, that'd be thrilling. He is available, by the way. Just so you guys know out there, uh, to the New York market, one one way or the other. Uh, the guys over there on the crossover. The NBA crossover, Rusty and P-Mac, hello, hello, hello. I'm sure you're listening. I hope you are. 
awesome, awesome show on the sportstuff.com. They cover the New Jersey Nets and the New York Knicks. And one of you guys are probably going to be, uh, you're going to be eating some caramello uh, chocolate bars don't know why, in celebration. But... Yep. Yeah. I don't know why he wants to go there other than, you know, he's a New York guy. Yeah. New York people, they love their they love their city. I mean, they love it. They love their city. It's a it's a different culture over in New York. They it's uh, we're New Yorkers, and the rest of the world is the rest of the world, and that's how New York is. Um, God, I'd like to visit there though, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's looking like Carmelo's going to wind up there at some point. We don't know when. We don't know how. But that trade talk is starting right now. Okay. <laughs> that was really weak, but I had to do it. I had to do it. Um, I actually think <laughs> if we can't get Carmelo, I would like to get Chris Paul. That would be a dream come true. <sighs> I, I wish... I, I wish it could happen. I mean, I, I don't know how. Other than I, uh, the one guy, again, I'll say again, his stock would soar in in Charlotte. No, in New Orleans. Johnny Flynn would look good in a Hornets uniform. I think they would like him. I think they would. Uh, his value, though, right now is mm, quite very questionable. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Corey Brewer and Flynn in Charlotte. I keep calling him Charlotte. I kind of wish they were still there. But, uh, kind of. New Orleans, excuse me. Those two guys would look pretty good in, that, in those jerseys, though. They'd play, uh, I think they'd fit in nicely over there. And it, and it could happen. You never know. Not necessarily for Chris Paul, but they could wind up somewhere else very, very soon. Flynn almost is guaranteed gone because Luke Ridnar is a point guard. And that's all there is to it. <laughs> Because and Rubio is going to most likely well, <laughs> well we hope he's going to be here. Yeah, I don't even Rubio. I, it doesn't even matter if he's here or not. If he comes over, I would trade him because I don't see anything that he's going to bring to the table that will make us win more games. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he has flashy passes. Passes Rubio. Yep. I mean, it just has to get from A to B. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter how it gets there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Telfair can pass. Renard can pass. So I don't see what Rubio can do that they don't, except for maybe their defense. Mm-hmm. Well, He's better on defense. The, the talk is his court vision is phenomenal, but again, that's yet to be seen. That's the hope. That's yeah, the hope. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> it, we, we, we have to see it to believe it at this point. Right now he's still the Sasquatch, the, the Bigfoot that we haven't seen yet. I mean, yeah, so. unless, unless, I can see, it, that would mean something to me if every game we watch, like, during the preseason, we're yelling because Rittenard, obviously, you know, he doesn't see someone open right next to him, he doesn't pass it, mm-hmm. but the whole court vision, I mean, there's not, it's not, you know, team, it's not 20, 20 against 20, mm-hmm. you know, it's just 5 on 5, so yeah. even if you see him, you know, if, if there's a defender on him, you can't pass it to him. So all this court, mm-hmm. you know, vision stuff is. It's a, it's questionable. Yeah. yeah. I just, I, I hope it happens. I hope it works out that uh, he's what they say. I mean, I guess, I guess, <laughs> yeah. I guess all there is to it is, is that uh, hmm, I'm yeah. putting my arms up in the air. I, I, I hope so. I hope they're right. But uh, yeah, plus, I think Barcelona yeah. stunted his growth. 
Yeah, that I, was a big mistake. He he went I from being the main guy mm-hmm. where he had to shoot. Now he's passing to Navarro. Yeah, it's uh, he's not even the starter. It's like maybe one year to kind of develop, and that's it. Now it's yeah. This year I think is a waste of time. Yeah, I think it's a waste of time. It's frustrating that that uh, yeah. So this whole thing did happen. He's not way. a starter, so bench guy. Mm-hmm. So and that's come sad. Here and make us, you know, give us twenty more wins. We hope. <laughs> we hope it, it's a it's a it's a long way in coming out of for for the proof of that happening. Yeah, it really is. Uh it's funny how yep we got back on Rubio. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard it's hard to not get back on Rubio though. I mean, we Savio the franchise is going to come here and pass the ball. Yep, we hope he That's does. It. Just pass the ball. No, I'm just kidding. We hope he does. It's not going to really shoot. It, it has improved a little, though. I mean, that's one thing I, I have to say, but how much? Yeah. It has improved a little. I mean, we, we could give him a little credit there, but, uh, I mean, he's not, he's not, uh, I don't even know who to say. He's not Telfair. Okay, there we go, in the shooting range. So with that, we are going to end the uh, conversation of the actual players on the roster per se and the play of the team defensively all the passing all that good stuff because boy are we talking a lot about passing tonight um we're gonna take a quick break and we'll get back to the team predictions in terms of uh wins and losses the league predictions and we'll uh talk we'll get to the facebook group as well a little bit of things from my uh nigel southern and then uh, contact details and we'll call it a night we'll be right back after this and we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 62, which is a reminder, again, for iPod users, Microsoft Zoom, and other MP3 players. Well, we're going to c- complete the show here with some team predictions, how we believe this team is going to factor this season. We're also going to get to the Facebook group, some talk from uh, Nigel Southern, the the most loyal listener to this show, but then again, there's others out there as well that are very loyal, but he is very active on the Facebook group. As uh, season is coming, he's more active on there now. Please do follow the Facebook group for Timberwolves Explosion. I may have a Timberwolves Explosion page later on to make it more user-friendly and easier to find, per se. But for now, on the Facebook group, go to the search bar or to find it in from your Facebook account. Type in Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves Explosion, or Timberwolves Explosion, Minnesota Timberwolves, type those in there. You're most likely going to find it. Simply join it, and then you can post and interact on the show. Uh, Twitter account also, twitter.com forward slash Wolves Explosion, not Timberwolves because it doesn't fit. Timberwolves, or twitter.com forward slash Wolves Explosion. So now we're going to get back to, who do you think? The Wolves. (laughs) So uh, I do see improvement with this team. And we see a lot of similar traits to last year as well. Uh, the chemistry is, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's probably better than last year, but how much better is a big question. Too many chefs spoil the pot. Uh, bra, whatever the word is, I can't talk. Broth. There we go, bra. That's really good. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm not, I'm not going to edit that one because it's too funny. It's, it's too funny. It needs to stay on there. So do enjoy, listeners, to that one. That was... Uh, very nice and visual there. Um, yuck. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, boy, I'm bad. Distracting. 
So, uh, what's your outlook for the Timber Puppies this year? Anything? I think we'll win 30, 35 games. That's about the number I'm leaning towards as well. 30, very low end, 25. But I I think, or no, low end, I'm going to say 27 is low, the low end. Uh, High end, guy. I don't know, you think 35? They could go up to that far? This is all depending on Darko, his conditioning. And uh, BZ. Darko, yeah, he is in, uh, he certainly looks like he's in better shape. You can you can yeah. tell. When you look at him, it's like he looks a lot different than he did last year. But I think Kevin Love, actually, you just saw the clip. Mm-hmm. Yes, they Seems did. Seems like he might. Yes, they did. In the locker room, he's, he's, I think he might be a cancer in the locker room. I think he's like a, you know, he thinks he's like an honorary coach. Yeah, he's a little. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, he's a little bit. Uh, excuse me. He's got a little bit of Christian Leitner in him right now. Uh, we don't want to. We don't. I don't want to believe it yet that he's a cancer. But then again, I mean, I. Uh, I don't want to believe it in terms of. I uh, hope that's not the case. I yeah. don't want to believe it, yeah. but at the same time, it's uh, seeing is believing, and we're seeing it. We're seeing it. It's like I don't want to believe it in terms of. Yeah. I just hope that's not the case. I hope he's just. Young and a little bit much, you know, per se. Like, uh, he's, you know, he's a bundle, you know. <laughs> but he's a good kid. He's a good kid. He's, he's a bundle, but he's a good kid. Pretty soon he's going to be the godfather. But uh, right now he's kind of, if he's the godfather right now, I think he'd wipe out too many of the wrong people. And, uh, yeah, I would <laughs> that's kind of a thought right there. Beasley, absolutely good point there. He is a massive factor obviously i uh, i know people out there are going to say well of course he is he's the m- most likely the most talented player on the roster but it's not because he's the most talented player on the roster necessarily as much as we've seen a little bit uh we've seen two sides of michael beatsley in the preseason we saw a guy that could score in his sleep and we saw a guy that was sleeping trying to score it's uh which one which one you know it, I gotta think he's somewhere in the middle. The question is, how far towards one of the two directions is he headed, up or down? <laughs> um, it's a it's hard to say, but at the same time, the look in his eyes is so different than it was last year. He just he looks more like a leader than he did last year. Like last year, him leading was one of the biggest jokes ever. I know Dwayne Wade's there and NBA Finals MVP, but at the same time, number two overall pick, you got to think he's going to have a little more uh, urgency to his game than he did in Miami. Um, any other thoughts you can think of in the outlook of this team? I think Wesley Johnson is another guy who needs to have a breakout season. He's a big factor. He certainly is coming into this deal. He certainly, certainly is. Beasley, absolutely uh, the biggest X factor overall. Kevin Love looks better, but how is he? Is he a cancer or is he a leader? Is he a cancer or is he a leader? That's a huge question coming in. Point guard position has upgraded tremendously. The point guard position has upgraded tremendously. Um, Webster, I love him. I love him. He might be my favorite player on the roster. I'm I'm being careful saying that because you never know. For a high schooler, though, the way he speaks, uh, he reminds me of David Robinson. That's a guy with a high IQ on and off the court. Uh, very impressed with Martel Webster as a player. 
Uh, just and uh, well, I, I like the way he talks. I like the way he thinks. Like the way he was talking off the uh, after the game, like a while, like a week ago. Just I very impressed with him. Really like him a lot. Wesley Johnson, as you mentioned, you know his development is so key right now. It really is. I know again that there's a billion players at his position, but uh, yeah, he's uh, he's he's uh, destined for a big role on this team. Yeah. As long as they keep him, yeah, he's destined for that big role. And uh, can he take it, or or can't he? Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. So uh, I'm I'm encouraged right now. I mean, do you do you like what you're seeing? Yeah, I do. Uh, he made me a believer. He has, yeah. He's 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 upgrading the uh, the uh, letter grade for the old 2010 draft. I think for the yeah. Timberwolves, like we we went as far as to say D plus last July. I know that irritated some people out there, but we really believed in Demarcus Johnson and uh, for a good Demarcus Johnson, Demarcus Cousins, which is yeah, Demarcus John. Well, I, I and and Wesley Cousins we and Wesley Cousins. Yeah, we wanted that too. Both of them. <laughs> that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Talk about intangibles to a team, but uh, yeah, Wesley Johnson clearly has. A nice future in this league. He just needs to stay healthy and continue yeah. to develop. Huh? You yeah. can see it, can't you? The shot, the defense, the intangibles. Very happy. Very happy indeed. So uh, before we get to the league predictions, because, yeah, we're going to do this uh, tradition, obviously, to uh, predict who's going to go to the conference finals in each conference and who's going to win those finals and who's going to win the NBA title. But first, though... Uh, on the Facebook group, Nigel Southern commenting about how uh, we were talking about how the front line is looking good, and uh, or at least I was, and then well, it was me and Nigel Southern back and forth. Nigel Southern excited about training camp starting. He comments about, from what I read, Beasley spinning well at the three, so love at the four, and Darko at center. Just love the front court with Peck and Tolliver off the bench. How much better than last year will we be? Yeah, the front court very, very deep. Is Marcus nodding in agreement there? Very much so. Uh, very encouraging. He also says how uh, Nigel agreeing with me how it's like quite a people actually think Peck could he have even greater dark uh, ups- <laughs> dark side or upside the Darko, and could be the starter at center by the end of the season. We'll see. All we need now is that one star guy of the franchise. Maybe that will be Beasley. Or maybe a star signing over the next 12 months. But if we can get a shooting guard who can average 20 plus a night and create his own shot and take over down the stretch, then we have a squad to really be a force once Rubio arrives next year. Pekovic starting? No. Mm. I don't think so. And one thing no. I, I see Pekovic doing is beating the other team's benches center. Yeah, he will. I think he can outplay the other uh, Yeah, backup centers, yes. Yeah. I think so. That's a good. That's a good thought right there. Yeah, we have a nice. We have a nice bench. I think a nice second unit. But if, but for the other team's backup center is athletic, I don't know. That could be a problem. I don't know about that, that could be a problem because, uh, again, like we were saying earlier, short arms and not very athletic with Pekovic. Uh, I like what I see though. He's one of those guys who can. He he brings it. He brings it like when I I love the way he hustles the way he, 
swings his arms when he runs. You know, he he kind of reminded me of a uh, a little bit. You know, just the look anyway. He reminded me of uh, Sabonis the way he swings his arms real fast when he runs. He puts him up real high. I I wish I could show a video. I mean, we 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 got a kick out of that. Uh, the effort is there with Peck. There's no doubt. So uh, and yes, he is an NBA player, and regardless. Of how he does it with a with a hook, it seems like the hook on yeah. this on with these centers, they're just married to the hook, absolutely married to that to the hook shot. But regardless if if it's ugly or pretty, he gets it done. He scores, believe it or not, even though you don't think of him as that kind of guy. As for shooting guard that can average twenty plus points a game, maybe it's Wesley Johnson or Webster. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, they they I think it's there, believe it or not. It'd be fun to get a superstar, though. <laughs> it really yeah. would. But uh, who knows? Webster and Wesley. One of those two, I think, could be that guy. We'll see. Cross your fingers. Any thoughts on that? Are you pretty much steady with that there? Depending on the uh, the new agreement about rolling back uh, player contracts. Hmm. After that. If that happens, then I would try to make a trade for Arenas. He could be available. Think he could that, be available, yeah. Mm-hmm. No one's going to touch him with that contract that he has. No, cajillion dollars. With, uh, mm-hmm. Think about that. Same with the Rashard Lewis. Oh, yeah. He's got a huge-ass contract, too. Uh, I'm not much of a Lewis fan, but she can score a little bit. It's it's there. Oh, I don't like him, though. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, I'm trying not to be too mean about it, but, yeah, I don't contract. like him. Yeah, not for the contract. The contract is so high. Oh, my God, is it high. Um, luckily, yeah, I mean, yeah, there was a little scare with Kevin Love a little bit, but he's back. Yep, Nigel was comment about that. Thank God it came out. Uh, okay, and uh, Love is back playing again. Nigel Southern comments about he knows, uh, I know it's only the preseason, but does this team have, but does this team have potential bring on the regular season? And, uh, sure. Yeah. Bring, yeah, bring it on. Bring it on, NBA. And no, we're not saying NBA championship or whatever, but... 15 wins, that's that's done. That's done. You can tell this team is a lot more serious this year. I mean, it, it just is, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the web... I really like Webster and Wesley Johnson. I can't talk enough about those guys. I really like them. I just love Wesley Johnson and Martel Webster. I, uh, if they can stay healthy, that's a little bit... That's a, little, that's a small frustration right now. But if they can... Who knows? Who knows? Those guys, they're the same age, too, which is funny, too. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. One's a rookie. One's, what, his fifth year in the league already. It's But that's how it goes. Or, no, sixth year, because Webster's like an old senior. He's 23, not 22. Um, wow. We'll see, though. This could be a very exciting season for the Timberwolves, indeed. Good thoughts, Nigel. Continue to post in that group. We appreciate it very, very much, indeed. Love your takes always and your loyalty to this show. So now, the final segment, the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. you want to start or should I? No, you can start. Okay, I'm going to start off in the East. Now, I know this is going to be stereotypical for the East, in a way. One guy who's a major expert, who... Uh, He's a major, you know, NBA uh, podcast, NBA Today podcast. I really, really respect, you know, Ryan Rostillo, his his opinions and everything. But he thinks Orlando's coming out of the East. Oh, no. 
Oh, no, I don't think so. Oh, hell no. And it's not because Boston and Miami are the greatest teams in the NBA history. I don't have faith in Orlando. I don't have any faith in them. Miami and Boston are going to square off in the conference finals, in my opinion. They are too deep, or at least Boston is. <laughs> Miami's too Miami's too good at the top. Boston is just flat out deep, we'll say. They have three centers in that team. Three. If Perkins is healthy. <laughs> if. Shaq is obviously old, but I got to think he's going to be a little rejuvenated. It's going to be kind of fun to watch those guys play yeah. together. Jermaine, and Jermaine, injury prone, but when healthy, he's decent. It's not like he's worthless, completely worthless. And, of course, Kendrick Perkins is the best of the bunch, without a doubt. I think the Celtics return to the conference finals at very least. But the star power in South Beach, despite the fact they have maybe the worst starting center in history in Joel Anthony, and a pretty weak, disappointing starting point guard in Carlos Arroyo, they still do have Mario Chalmers. They do still have... Zadrina Silgasius. That's why they have such, uh, I almost said an S word there, crappy starters to go with the big three because, well, you got this, you still have Ogaskis and Chalmers. They're not Shaq and Kobe, but they're decent. Eddie House. And they have Eddie House. And, uh, God, am I missing somebody? Uh, oh, well, not Mike Miller. Haslam. Okay, I'll, we have to say it now. Mike Miller, thumb injury. Are we surprised even a little bit that he's going to miss? No. A ton of time. He just invents reasons to miss time, doesn't he? <laughs> I'm not a Mike Miller fan at all. Because even if he is healthy, he never shoots the shot. <laughs> that is a waste of $25 million bucks. I'm, I'm sorry to say. So thanks to Michael Beasley, Miami. We appreciate it very, very much. Enjoy your second round picks. <laughs> but aside of all the criticism that I just gave them, Mike Miller and giving us Michael Beasley. The Miami Heat, in my opinion, will represent the Eastern Conference. So I'll let you go with the East. We can kind of pair off that way. What What do you think? Boy, am I long-winded. I think it's, I think it's uh, Boston and uh, Orlando. Ooh, you have Orlando over Miami? Yeah, I mean, uh, they have the big three, but with Wade's injuries. Mm-hmm. I mean, to go seven games, you need a bench. Yeah. You need to rest. And, uh, like, LeBron's been injured. They, like, Orlando, if Orlando played Miami, Orlando would beat them because they have centers. They do. They're point guards. Yep, they do. So they can just keep feeding the ball to Dwight all day until they foul Gauss out. And then who's next? That could be a problem. I mean, I like the Heat's chances, though, with uh, LeBron on the, uh, what's his face? Oh, yeah, Lewis, <laughs> Richard. I mean, I like that. Vince Carter and uh, and Wade. Yeah, but they're, they're a good team, but Excuse for me. seven games, yeah. I'm not sure about that. You do have a, you do present a good argument there. It, it's going to be a hell of a second round, I think, in the East, because you got Chicago, too. The yeah. second round is going to rock in the East, I, I think. The yeah. first round is going to be boring as hell. Because they're going to just sweep everybody, I think. I think Orlando, Boston, Chicago, and Miami are going to make the first round really boring. Yeah. But the second round is going to be fun. Really fun. Then you got Orlando, Chicago, Boston, and Miami beating each other up. 
The Atlanta Hawks, to me, that team, I think, is on the verge of collapse. And I really like the Hawks, but uh, they're on the verge of collapse, I think. Uh, one other, I'm going to add this in right now. I don't know. I should have just had this in to begin with. I'm going to, let's have a surprise team in each conference, too, uh, if that's okay. Are you okay yeah. with that? Yeah. I'm going to go with, do you want to go first? No, you can go. I'm going to go with the Indiana Pacers out east. I have been very happy with the Indiana Pacers since they got Darren Collison. And uh, what a perfect marriage the Indiana Pacers have with Darren Collison and their three-point shooters and Danny Granger. That is something to see because Darren Collison is a penetrator and a great passer. Oh, and by the way, he can score a little bit, which draws defenses in his direction. And we saw what the what that kind of style can do. The Pacers were hitting 50-plus percent three-pointers on the Wolves because they were focusing on Darren Collison driving to the basket. Not only do you have that, but you have the three-point shooters to go with it. And by the way, Danny Granger. I think Indiana is a surprise out east, and they're going to be pretty good. Oh, anybody else? So who's your surprise out east? I'm thinking uh, Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. That's another good one. I'm really not sure good if Michael Red is going to come back or not, but, I mean, they made it to the playoffs last season. Yep. So <clears throat> they, they have McGetty. It's not really saying much. Mm-hmm. But if he can get to yeah. the line like, he's, like, he, like he usually does, I think he'd be pretty good with them. They have good in now. Yep. Which was uh, insurance. Yeah, because they're in the playoffs without Bogut. Oh, that's right. Yep, that's right. He got hurt right as they went yeah. in, didn't they? So now oh, they have man. Bogut plus a backup. And good. Mm-hmm. So. Bogut's very valuable. Very good. He just keeps getting better every year, Bogut. Yeah. And you got to think Jennings is going to be a step up. I, I got to think. Yeah. Get that old field goal percentage up a little bit. <laughs> that's what hurt him last year as the year progressed. But what a nice effort they put in against uh, Atlanta. Yeah, so no, they weren't even thinking playoffs when the season started. Oh, no, no. A lot of people thought they were going to be the worst. They were going to be like us. Yeah, they did, too. Mm-hmm. The fans. A lot of us did, yeah. So, sorry we didn't say New Jersey or New York out there. I mean, we weren't going to say the Knicks, but yeah. then, then <laughs> sorry, crossover fans out there. But, yeah, I mean, New Jersey will be better than what, one win they had last year. But, uh, okay, that was a mean thing to say. 12 wins, 13 wins, whatever it was. Yeah, the only way the Knicks <laughs> will see the playoffs is, is if they get uh, Carmelo and Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. That will, and I think one of those, yeah, one of those teams is going to make a major move and going to move up. Maybe both. Maybe they'll each get one of one or the other, I if you know what I mean. I just don't see Carmelo going to the Knicks or the Nets. I see him going to the Knicks just because... Uh, Amari's there. Yeah, that's a hell of a combo too. But Ooh. even even that, mm. the Knicks would have to give up so much that. Oh yeah, yep. there'll be nothing left. Just Amari mm-hmm. and Carmelo and and Felton. Yeah, and it'd probably have to be a three way deal because I'm guessing Denver's not too enamored with the return. That's the Knicks' problem too. Trying to make deals is they don't have enough return because they want Rubio. We know that as well. And you know, yeah. and, and all this. I don't know. Stuff about small market. Yep. We're not a small market. No, we're we're a, we're a middle market. Yeah, and in, in Minneapolis and St. Paul, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, with New York's <laughs> taxes. Oh. You know, Carmelo is not going to make as much. And it's going to it's expensive out there. 
It's a big market. The endorsements could be off the roof, but uh, LeBron James wasn't suffering too much in Cleveland, which is smaller yeah. than Minneapolis-St. Paul, by the way. Yeah, Carmelo said it, said it himself. <laughs> it's about winning. If you're winning, then the market doesn't matter. Yeah, it's all about winning and about, hey, if you're the best player in the league, you're the best player in the league, and you're going to get recognized for it, even if you do play in Minnesota, which we have never had the player that, we've never had a LeBron at that level. Garnett's good, but he's not LeBron. Yeah. We wish. Yeah, I do believe that Carmelo should come here. I wish. God, I wish. That'd be, it'd be, it'd be nice. We'd have to say goodbye to Webster and or... Uh, Wesley, but I mean, if you're talking Carmelo, you're talking Carmelo. You're talking about NBA Jam, Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, directly from a free agency, he he should come here. But if it's a trade, I think I would. He should go to Chicago. That's probably yeah. hmm. that could be a good fit for Carmelo. If it was yeah. a trade, like Dang for yeah, Melo. Dang, you know, and other spare parts. Yep. Yeah. If Dang stays healthy, but right out of free agency, <laughs> yeah. uh, I would want. I, I would. I would pick the Wolves. The depth in this team yeah. can't hurt, and the trade. I, I the chips are there. Unfortunately, it's like people constantly. Anytime you even bring it up, people like David Kahn, Jerry Zagoda, who's the uh, beat writer for the Wolves. He's just like, ah, uh, no, about the Wolves getting Carmelo, and yeah. that's frustrating. It's mostly because Carmelo would refuse, and that's sad because the, there is depth in this team. We're just not. We're just not. We're just not starstruck per se at the top. Yeah, I mean, imagine having Carmelo small forward, then Beasley and Webster coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. Oh, that would be fun. That would be great if you could get something like that. So, uh, move to the West here real quick. I just realized this is going to be a really long one. Uh, in the Western Conference, well. I think we're both going to be 100% agreement on who's going to be the finals appearances uh, dealy. As for a surprise team, well, it's kind of hard to find one, really. I guess the... Shucks. <laughs> this one's a little bit tougher, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of people want to say the Clippers, but I don't think so. They're too much of a mess. They're too, you know... I don't like Baron Davis at all. Blake Griffin, you don't know. Oh, yeah, Riley Foy, Timberwolves 2.0 over there in L.A. Craig Smith is good, but, well, he's not Carl Malone. <laughs> Randy Foy is Randy Foy. Uh, Ryan Gomes is, yeah, I don't like him either. Uh, if I had to pick a surprise team, I'm going to go with the Sacramento Kings because he got, you know, too many parts over there, too many pieces over there for that team to not break through at some point. Something's going to happen in Sacramento. Conference finals, well, I think we have a pretty good idea who that's going to be, at least between us. I think Los Angeles and Oklahoma City square off in the conference finals. Yeah. I think so. Um, I don't like Dallas. I don't like Denver. Denver is going to implode very soon. There, You know how I picked Atlantic to implode in, in the east? Yeah. Denver is, uh, Denver is on the implosion list. I think so. Uh, who's going to come out of the West? Oh, man. I want to say the Oklahoma City Thunder. I love the way they matched up with the Lakers. <laughs> it's it's really a tough call there. It really is. That could be something special. LA's got the experience. They have the pedigree. And they have the hardware beyond 
anything in the world, you know, other than Boston, long term. But uh, oh, this is a really tough call. It really, it really is. I'm going to go with. I'm going to have to go with the Lakers. I don't want to. Oh, I don't want to. But it's just this is Phil. This is going to be Phil Jackson's last year, and. Uh, the uh, Phil Jackson's career has been three-peat, three-peat, three-peat. I have a really good chance at doing that again this year. Yeah, they feel the need, too, with the point guard position, with uh, Blake and Steve Blake. center. Yep. With Ratliff. Yeah, they even got Ratliff, too. Yeah, shot blocker. So, mm-hmm. I think the uh, Lakers are, are, are better than they were last season. Mm-hmm. They're primed for one final run, and they lost nobody. They lost yeah. absolutely nobody. They didn't they got look. better at the positions of need. With mm-hmm. Bynum and his injuries, Yep. now they actually have another center in Ratliff. Insurance policy. Who yeah. can block shots? Age or not, he can block shots. Steve Blake is a very intangible point guard yeah. in every way. You still have Fisher to hit his clutch shots. Because Blake <laughs> is a good three-point shooter. Yeah, he is. So now you have that depth. That is... Uh, and our test is, he looked awfully good the other night. And Barnes. And they have Matt Barnes. Holy crap. They actually do have, do, should I say the word, the Lakers have a bench? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do now. They have a bench now. Oh, that hurts Now to say. they have a bench. Now they have a bench. So it looks like we both have L.A. coming out of the east. You have uh, Orlando, or excuse me, L.A. coming out of the west. We both, you have Orlando coming out of the east. Yeah. And I have Miami coming out of the east. So here we go. Phil Jackson has one last year. And I hate saying this, but the L.A. Lakers will be Phil Jackson's fourth three-peat this year. That hurts to say. What do you think? Orlando and L.A. in your case, who wins it? Yeah, I hate to say it too, but the <laughs> Lakers. We're going to have a the Lakers. We're going to have a fourth three-peat for Phil Jackson. Twelve championships. He'll have his 12 disciples. <laughs> okay, that's bad. But, yeah, he'll have 12 trophies. And I think he goes off into the sunset a 12-time champion. Four three-peats. A four-time three-peat. We, I've never, you know, dreamt in a million years he was going to be that good back in, say, 91, 92-ish era when he was going for a second straight with the Bulls mm-hmm. with good old MJ. That team could have won eight in a row or nine in a row as well. By you know, They, they could have won eight or nine in a row, the Bulls. Just imagine that. Oh, boy, did that hurt to make that prediction. I didn't pick the Celtics for the first time in four years. <laughs> the Lakers are going to win their... Oh, boy, that hurts to say. They're 17th, and they're going to tie the, the Celtics. Lakers, oh. The Lakers made <laughs> themselves stronger, and uh, yeah, Boston really didn't make any moves to really improve themselves. Mm-hmm. They just got older. Yeah. They got older. <laughs> yeah. They got older. That's about it, though. I think they're a little bit better in terms of depth. They have more insurance at the center position. Outside of that, well... I wouldn't be surprised if they got back to the NBA championship round. But uh, we'll see. Any closing thoughts? Or is that about it, do you think? The Wolves will be in the playoffs next season. This this coming next season? Yep. I think there's a good chance for that. The depth and the progress. It all depends on how they do. will be in the playoffs next season. 
Next year, yep. Not this year, right? Yep. Yeah. It was a 30 win yeah. year or so, yep. I think so. It's been a long, long ride. I mean, 04 was, 04, 05 was the beginning of their non playoff seasons. That would be a. Because we're in, we're in 10, 11 here. That would be a seven year drought. Seven years is more than long enough for them to return to the postseason. So, hey, good. that's a good chance for that. I think we will be trading Rubio. You think so? And Darko will be coming off the bench. At some point, yeah. By next year? Because I think I don't know, I think we might pick up Bynum. You think so? I That's think a, so. it's a possibility. I don't know, I don't know. Depends on what the how things go. Uh oh, one last thing. Uh, did you did, uh, did you have a spe- uh I forget. I no you no, I forgot to even let you go to that. Uh your surprise team out of the West. Do you have anybody real quick? Utah. Utah? Yeah. Al Jefferson? <laughs> you have Jefferson now. Um, Carol Lincoln's back. They didn't mm-hmm. have Carol Lincoln before. Mm-hmm. All that injury, yep. That's yeah. all he was. was so hurt. I, think, I don't know. I think, uh, I think they might surprise some people. They could. They certainly have a lot of pieces. And uh, Jefferson and Millsap, the Mississippi boys playing together. Yeah, I don't know could how Jefferson became focused on defense because he shut uh, Cousins down. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. Not bad at all. So I guess we'll close with that. Uh, yeah, this this was this was a very very long show. Very well. I I think this is a lot of good conversation. Though I superly enjoyed it. I hope you did as well. This uh, this could be a, this is a great show. <laughs> I really enjoyed doing this. So uh, contact details. Please uh, join the message boards on the sportsstuff.com and. Uh, all you have to do is click the T of the button that says TSS boards in the upper right hand corner on the front page of the website. Talk about the NBA got a lot of cool people: Rusty, Pmac, Kush, seventy seven. You know Brian Kush, of course. Several, and I mean several basketball fans. Probably, I believe the most active boards on the SportsStuff.com, and in fact they are. Don't forget about the Facebook group and the Twitter account for my show as well. But the SportsStuff.com is a great way to make this to help help this show grow. Do tell a friend about this as well. Finally, the uh, call-in line once again is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. Do mention you're calling in for Timberwolves Explosion. And give your opinion, shout-out question, whatever it is. And uh, you'll be on air with us. Thanks again for listening to this long show. I, I hope you enjoyed it. We uh, Positive, negative, uh, mostly analytical, I would say. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. This was an analytical show, and uh, that's why it was a longer bit. It was a lot of fun. Thanks again, guys, and uh, Tim Rose Explosion signing off.